Welcome to the Healing Hearts Podcast with Julie and Sarai, your go-to source for all things dating and relationships. Join us as we explore the intricacies of love, share insightful stories, and offer practical tips to enhance your romantic journey. Whether you're single, in a relationship, or somewhere in between, we're here to provide guidance, inspiration, and a fresh perspective. Get ready to embark on a transformative adventure of love and connection. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Healing Hearts podcast. I am your host, Sarai, and I am joined by my beautiful, beautiful co-host, Julie. <laughs> How are you today, Julie? I'm great. I'm very interested in this, this um, podcast of the day because... So- yeah. yeah, I kind of sprung it on you, it didn't did. I? <laughs> we have a lot to say about this. So I'm really interested to hear how you go ahead. Go ahead. How my brain works. My brain works very, very weird. But I like it. I like it. So I was reading a book about imposter syndrome because we all at some point kind of have a little bit of imposter syndrome. Sure. And as I was listening to it, I don't know why and how it kind of clicked in my brain that singles that have been single for too long might be suffering from imposter syndrome. So today's episode is named Imposter Syndrome and Singledom. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Right? Yes. I do have a question to ask you. Yep. Have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome? Oh my gosh. Have I ever? Totally. I mean, I think most people do. I think if you're not, no, you just wouldn't say you're not normal, but most people do. Um, yeah. And I think one of the ways that I have dealt with it is number one, coaching that has helped me and been, and mostly because of the visualizing and putting myself in like, I am worthy of whatever it is that I want to do. I, you know, I, I can do anything. And I, there are no boundaries. So the power within the power within. Yes. I actually have done many Tony Robbins events also. And I think that's something that he talks about too, is imposter syndrome. And we all have it. So you're, if, if you have suffered from imposter syndrome and singledom, I probably have as well. Um, you are not alone. How about you? You're going to say yes. You're going to say yes. (laughs) Well, hello. I was reading this book because I was obviously going through (laughs) something. (laughs) True. This came up. It was a suggested book. And I was like, huh, interesting. And I always kind of was curious about like what really triggers imposter syndrome. And it usually occurs whenever your beliefs and your expectations collide. Mm. And when I read that or when I heard that, I was like, that makes so much sense and then I think that's when I was like huh single expectations your beliefs self-limited beliefs uh clusterfuck there bomb explode (laughs) so um something like that a lot of singles or a lot of women or even men that have been cheated on is I'm just going to say, because this is my, what my belief was, all men cheat. So I have to find the perfect man that 
doesn't cheat, which is the unrealistic expectation. And my belief of all men cheat were colliding. And whenever I would go on a date of like, oh, in the back of my mind, like, when are you going to cheat on me? Mm -hmm. Instead of just being in the moment. So um, imposter syndrome can paralyze you and stop you from living your life to the fullest because it kind of creates fear. At least that's how it felt for me when I was, when I would go on dates and I'm like, all of a sudden I would have like this feeling and I would say, well, oh, it's my intuition. I have to like bounce out. Um, it was, it was that fear kind of feeling and I can create a lot of self-doubt. So imposter syndrome is not something that you want to live with continuously because it will create a big hole for you that it can be very hard to, to get out of. Um, I don't remember what the book was called. I think it was just like imposter syndrome in today's world or something like that. I'll put the details of the book for anybody that wants to pick it up in the description of this, of this episode, but they talked about five types of imposters and how you can identify yourself in it but I'm going to give them to you how you can identify yourself in it as a single. I love you it. Ready for this one? Yes, I'm so ready. And I love it. I, you kind of started telling me about it and I'm excited for the listeners to hear this because I think it will make a lot of sense. So let's hear it. So the first one is the perfectionist. And just to give you a little context of what a perfectionist, um, when you have perfectionist imposter syndrome is, is that you have extremely high standards and nothing can ever meet those standards because you want everything to be perfect. And we all know that perfectionism doesn't exist as much <laughs> as we want to. <laughs> so when you suffer from the perfectionist imposter syndromes, you have high standards, you're filled with self-doubt, uh, when things are not perfect, you're afraid of failure. And then you start creating feelings in this like never ending cycle of dissatisfaction, hard work, um, because you want to achieve that like perfection. When it comes to being a, a single, how this perfectionism shows up or how I thought it would show up, um, it would be your those deal breakers. Maybe they're a little bit too specific because you know how we talk about having requirements and what those deal breakers are, but they're mm -hmm. too specific that there's really no wiggle room for you to work with. Let's say, for example, somebody that says, I want a partner that makes $100,000 a year. Mm -hmm. And you're in the dating pool of men that make maybe 80,000 or maybe 90,000. Mm -hmm. But you're so like stuck in the I want the hundred thousand dollars a year that you do not you have no wiggle room for that. So that becomes to what I think it creates kind of that commitment folk single because now they have the excuse of that's a deal breaker. Yep. I don't want to. That is the deal breaker. And I didn't identify myself in like all of these, by the way. <laughs> I know. I'm going to be very, very like honest. I was like, oh, wow. I feel a little, a little hurt now. <laughs> That's okay. What do you think this about is really that? Good, so. No, I, I completely get it. 
And I think one of the things that we do in coaching is we challenge those deal breakers. We challenge them to see, are they really a deal breaker? Like what if they made 97,000? What if they made 99? What if they made 99.5? Are you like, (laughs) nope. And probably yes, because you're trying to get out of, you have fear of commitment and you're looking for that perfection. That's not ever going to be there. So, yeah. So if you feel, or if you identify or resonate with the perfectionist, um, single or imposter syndrome, um, check yourself before you wreck yourself. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Don't even get me started. Right. Like (laughs) check yourself for that. Like, is it really that big of a deal? If you are looking for somebody that may like, we're just setting the example of they make X amount of money and they don't make it. Like, is it really going to be a deal breaker for you? And you're going to walk away from a potential good partner. The second one was natural geniuses. And when you have this type of imposter syndrome, you focus on the how and when things are done and you feel like a fake when you can't do something right away. Um, You love to learn new things quickly, but you lack perseverance. And how I kind of related it to the imposter syndrome for a single, this is the type of single that is a little bit too nitpicking. Mm. The know-it-all single is what I call it. it. Nobody likes to know-it-all. Yes, exactly. They focus all of their attention on how and when things are going to be done. So they want to have like a plan at all times. they believe that they are somehow relationship experts because of the experiences that they have had and are very quote unquote honest, but they can come off a little cynical because of having like all of these thoughts of, well, um, what's a good example for that one? I know that I've talked to some people that I'm in the back of my mind, I'm like, I wonder if you truly believe in love. Like if you truly believe what you're saying right now and you believe in love. And one of the things that I always tell my clients and I tell my my followers all the time, it's like, because I say love is hard, love hurts, love this. I'm like, mm, no, love is love. Love is an emotion. Mm-hmm. The person that you had that experience with was the one that hurt you. The person that made it hard, it's that person, not love. Yep. So love it. What are your thoughts on that one? 100%. Yep. First of all, nobody likes to know it all, but yeah, love is love. And um, I like it. Okay. And then my favorite imposter syndrome, because I think this is where it kind of, I feel like all of these kind of like marry into each other and where a lot of single people that have been single for a very long time, find themselves and you're most unlikely going to identify yourself in is the soloist. Mm. They believe that goals are only worth pursuing if they can be achieved alone. Um, They don't ask for help and they put things off so that they don't have to admit defeat when they encounter trouble. So how I put it for my single people is the I'm happy on my own, but not really just kidding kind of single. Um, They reject any possible connection because they don't want to fail at another relationship. Um, 
And I feel like this is the danger zone for singles. Once you become single and you've been single for a certain amount of time, you try to sabotage any type of connection or any type of relationship because of your own fears of either commitment or rejection. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> and um, they, you don't want the trouble. And you're like kind of pretending I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm happy. But in reality, like, honestly, if you were to sit in front of a mirror and like talk to yourself, you would probably break down and say, I want a partner. Mm -hmm. I'm just fooling myself and putting up a facade. What are your thoughts on that one? Well, I have a question for you because, you know, I love to ask my questions. How do you, how do you get out of being the soloist? How do we get? you know, either you or your clients, how do you help them get out of being the soloist that I'm happy, but I'm really not? First of all, I, and we talked about it in another episode, that's creating a community, a support system so that you have somebody or something to do to get you out of that mindset and for you to meet people. Find that passion, that purpose that you want to have in your life. And I think I'm going to say this every other episode, if not every episode, the love that you give yourself is the love that you're going to receive back. Mm -hmm. So if you are denying love to yourself because you're not being honest with yourself, then you're denying the chance of really finding a compatible partner. So to answer your question, how do I do it with my clients? I coach them on how to, how to accept the, the boogeyman of, I don't want to fuck up another relationship. It's like, okay, well then let's talk about how the last one really went down. What was your role in that relationship? Let's take accountability for that, your role in that, and how can we fix it? So I don't know, does that satisfy? as an answer for you. <laughs> that is really good. And I think the one thing is like you, like you said, it's like creating that awareness that this is even happening, that this person is even, um, you know, doing that. So you want to create that. So, cause so many times they don't know that they're actually doing that. Mm -hmm. They're just like, Oh, you know, I'm happy being by myself, but you're, you know, darn well, once you start peeling back the onion, that, so not true. They want a partner. I think everybody deep down really wants a partner, whether they want to admit it or not. Yeah. They want somebody there to just maybe even just hold their hand. Yeah. Or snuggle on the couch. And, you know, not every partner is going to be the same, you know? Yeah. You can have some people, they just have, um, no physical relationship, but just an emotional relationship, just having that person, a companion. And that's, okay. and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with whatever relationship it is that you want to have. Just be aware that, you know, you're not as happy as you think you are. Um, just, you could be, but most of the time you're not. Well, if you are in that mindset of, I'm very happy with where I'm at because I do hear it a lot. I'm like extremely happy. Do you have your, your checkpoints, like check in with yourself. 
am I really still feeling like completely fulfilled with everything in my life right now? If I added somebody else to enhance all of this, am I going to be okay with that? And I, I think that if you start feeling like the anxiousness or that fear, then there's more. Because somebody that is truly, truly, honestly happy won't have that. They'll be like, eh, whatever. It'll come when it comes. They'll have that kind of mentality of like, it'll show up when it shows up. But somebody that goes above and beyond to kind of not make it happen, that's when it's like red flag. Yeah. You need to do some work here. Yep. Um, the other one was number four was experts. So when you have the expert imposter syndrome, um, knowledge equals perfectionism. And you believe that competence means that you know everything. So you equate that to each other. Another know-it-all? Yes, another know-it-all. Um, you won't consider anything if they don't, if it doesn't meet all of your requirements. And um, you're worried about seeming inexperienced or uninformed in this aspect. So how I tied it to the singles was the, I've been there, done that, I don't wanna try it again type of single. Um, very much like the perfectionist, they tend to base their chances on their strict requirements mm -hmm. and they just have unrealistic, sometimes even physical attributes about what they want in a partner from age, finance, how we talked about it in the, uh, in the perfectionist. And they sabotage any potential relationship if they feel that that person is not good enough for them. So this is when like you take your self-confidence and you go from confident to cocky. Ooh, nobody, and likes nobody likes a cocky person because you come off as like pretentious. Yeah, I like I like confident. I love confident people. I don't like cocky. cocky. Yeah, you become like very, I, I don't know. I used to have a friend that he would always say, I'm not cocky, I'm confident. I'm like, no, dude, like you're coming off as an asshole. <laughs> because like you're not like you don't take other people's feelings into consideration at that point it's your ego and nobody else's you know what I mean yeah, so yeah. this kind of like I've been there done that I don't even want to try again kind of mentality where is it really getting you nowhere and it's almost like all these really tie in the expert ties into the perfection the soloist it really the genius, the natural genius is really tying into all of them. Well, and then you have your, your number five, which is what marries all of them together. Okay. It's your, your superwoman or your superman um, imposter syndrome, where you have unbelievably like unreal expectations. You believe that it's all or nothing. Uh, you define competence as being as flawless performance in any role or situation that you are in. And how I tied it to the singles is marrying all of these um, syndromes together. And they had a love child. <laughs> <laughs> and they really, truly believe that it's all or nothing when it comes to relationships. Like they're really not willing to, to try anything at all. Like if I don't have everything on my list, I'm not even going to date. Like, the like is it like the requirements? Like if yeah, like your requirements and your needs. Like if they're not meeting, let's say you are looking for like a six 
foot blonde cowboy with like green one green eye and one hazel eye like okay you know what i mean yeah um i feel like these are the people that are most cynical about love mm. like you just become like this cynic and you just don't really truly believe in love anymore like you've been Ooh, so like you've been so hurt by all these people that you blame love for that and like i said love didn't do that the person did yeah people need to separate these two so how can you overcome imposter syndrome um date a lot just date because on a second date go on a second date <laughs> stop putting me on the spot <laughs> Go on a yes. Go on a second date. Even go on a second date. date. A lot. Um, get out there, meet new people, recognize. Oh, it's the V word. I should have like a a buzzer. Whatever. Yeah. Every like time say. you say <laughs> V word, yeah. Recognize what value needs to be nurtured within you, um, because this syndrome or this imposter syndrome is really ties down to values. Somewhere, somewhere, somehow, that value is not being acknowledged. So we need to pay attention to it. Um, and stop putting expectations on everything. Expectations lead to high disappointments. Whenever, whenever you expect something, you're going to be highly disappointed. Um, you can always do positive self-talk as well. Have your little like pep talks to yourself work on self-love, self-worth. I think when you have um, imposter syndrome, that self-worth acknowledgement and awareness, uh, it takes you, it moves mountains. It's really, um, it's, and, it, and it's not easy. I won't say like getting rid of imposter syndrome is easy. It's it's a constant battle. And, and I'm sure in singledom it is too, not just with these types, but just, you know, as you get older and as you, you know, whatever it is, there's always some mountain to climb with yes. um, imposter syndrome. Yeah. And imposter syndrome will always be a thing, but I feel like if you have the right tools in your toolbox, mm -hmm. you'll be able to tackle the, the hike that is coming for you. Um, make a list of all your great qualities and all of your B word, your values. Um, Describe and envision what type of partner you would like to be and work on those things. Because if you have a clear vision of who you want to be first, then who you want to add on to be your partner is going to be easy. Yep. Um, and then what else? Acknowledge that you are not perfect. Ooh. Accept yourself for who you are because perfectionism only feeds your insecurities. Ooh, that is so good. <laughs> You're saying a lot of little sound bites here. So I really like right? it. Um, but I, I'm telling you that book, like really, once I read it and I was like, huh, I was like, oh my gosh, this like ties to single people, especially the dating scene now. Like, we're all fucking scared of getting into relationships. I'm like, well, yeah, no wonder. We're all, like, basing it off of fear and insecurity. So those are my 
five types of imposter syndromes and singledom today. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. And thank you for that education. I, I really like it. And I think that it will resonate with um, our listeners very much. I really do hope that it does. And if anybody that's listening feels like they need help on how to overcome these, um, any type of, of imposter syndrome that you might have resonated with, that's what we're here for, to help you through it. Um, our podcast now has a little voicemail message that you can leave us. So if you have any questions or you want to know more about this, just leave us a little voicemail and we can play it during the show. We can listen to it and we can give you our thoughts on that, um, which I thought that was don't want. Well, if you don't want us to say it on the on the podcast, you know, have your voice. That's okay too, and you don't have to say your yeah. name or anything. You know, if you, but if you don't want your voice, that's just say, oh, I just have a question. That's fine too. Just wanted to say that. Um, you can post it anonymously, and we can just say any anonymous. <laughs> I'm a nervous Nelly, and I'd be like, oh, I don't want to leave a message because I don't want my name, or I don't want them to know who I am, or my voice. If you don't want to leave the voicemail, you can always leave a comment as well. We we have a, a section for questions for the Q and A, and the more you guys want to know, the more that we'll have um, content for you to answer your questions. And if you don't want your name to be um, said on on the podcast on air, just put on there anonymous. It's fine. Um, yeah, but I, I just wanted to share that with our listeners because I felt like it was something that resonated with me as a single person. And um, I hope that it resonates with a lot of you. And if you feel again, if you feel like you need help, Julie and I are here to help you with that. Thank you so much for any final thoughts, Julie. I know I'm in awe. I think just the way you explain those was really interesting and I hope it resonates with our listeners. Thank you. Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. And um, I hope to catch you all in the next one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Healing Hearts podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. See you at the next one.